Okay, so we're going to pick it up from the beginning of Daf Pehe Amid Aleph just to review where uh, what we're up to. Rabbi Yehuda Merab said that a chalal, right, a chalala, which is a woman who's disqualified from kahuna, cannot marry a kayan. The kasha is, can a chalal marry a bas kayan? So Rabbi Yehuda Merab says yes. So the Gemara says, I isn't there a pasuk that says la yikachu la yikachu twice? which tells you that men and women are also seemingly what that means is that a, a halal, a halal is not like Mary Kayan, and a halal is not like Mary Bas Kayan, so doesn't that... The parents were disqualified from Kuhuna, meaning uh, an Alman and a Kayan God will have a child that's a halal, or a halal, depending a if it's a boy or a... Uh, a Bas Kayan, because they have children. Yes, halal. yes. So the point is, so... So it's like it's, Yeah, sort of. So it says, La Yikachu, twice, isn't it assering both directions, a chalal to a, a baskayin and a chalala to a kayin? The answer is no. Laikach, laikach, is not talking about a baskayin at all. What it's referring to is that if a, let's say a zaina marries a kayin, so that's asa deraisa, it's asa for him and it's asa for her. Meaning she's over in Israel also. It's not just, it's not just that the men are muzer, it's the men and women. That's what laikach teaches you. So the Gemara says, but wait a minute, don't we learn that out from Isha Yisha? Don't we already know that from that pasuk? The answer is no, no, no. You need both. You need one for a lav to tell you that men and women are included in all prohibitions uh, regarding prohibitions that are not that affect all of Klal Yisrael, like Chazer. And then you need one to tell you even for Kehana, which only affects a subset of Klal Yisrael. Okay, that's where we left off. Fine. So top of page just to finish the sugi very quickly. You're telling me right now that the pasuk loyikachu is to tell you that loyikachu is to tell you that men and women are included in prohibitions that that only affect a subset of klal yisrael. Ishaisha is to affect all of klal yisrael. You need both. The question is why do you need both? It says in the pasuk regarding tuma. Right, that kahanim are not allowed to contaminate themselves. There's a special pasuk to tell you women are are allowed to contaminate themselves with their avas If not for that pasuk, what would you say? Men and women are included. Now that's a subset of klal yisrael, and seemingly it's being learned out from isha isha. So you see, you don't need two psukim. Meaning, we're telling you you need two psukim. One is to tell you that all these surah men and women are the same that affect all of klal yisrael. And one is to tell you that it only affects a subset of klal yisrael. The question is, why do I need that? When it comes to tuma, if not for this special pasuk, I would assume men and women are included in the prohibition of tuma, and this is kehanim. This is a subset. You see that if not for those psukim, I, I would say that 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 men and women are included. Meaning you don't need two psukim, one to tell you that men and women are equal when it comes to all prohibitions, and one is to men and, we, men and women are equal when it comes to a subset, meaning kehanim. I don't need that, because by Toma we, we assume that men and women would be equal, if not for a special pasuk. La mishum the marav, and is it not learned out from Ravi the marav? So you see that without two psukim, one pasuk is enough to tell you that men and women are included. So the Gemara says, no, that's actually learned out from meaning, no, you need both. One to tell you that men and women are the same when it comes to a subset, one to tell you men and women are the same when it comes to prohibitions that affect all of Klai Yisrael. I, why by Toma do you need a Pasuk to tell you that women are exempt? The answer is because now that I have those two Psukim, I would assume men and women are the same. Therefore, I need a Pasuk to tell you, no, women are allowed to contaminate. Meaning, it, it's... You need both, and that's why you'd assume by Toma men and women would be included. Kamash Malan, they're not. Again, it's a, it's a bit of a cheshman. 
Um, and at the end of this little subset, or another answer of why you need two psokim. Again, we're saying there's two psokim that tell you men and women are the same. One is because one is to tell you that men and women are the same when it comes to prohibitions that affect all of Klai Yisrael, and then one is to tell you that the same when it comes to prohibitions that affect a subset of Klai Yisrael. So the Gemara says, why do you need both? What about Toma? The answer is, the reason why you need both is because really one should have been enough. Once I know men and women are included, they're included. But now that I know that Bas Kayin is allowed to go to a cemetery, I might think that when it comes to subsets of Klal Yisrael, all prohibitions related to Kahuna, women are not included. And you might think to learn out from Tumah that just like Bas Kayin is allowed to contaminate, so maybe a Bas, you know, a Zayin is allowed to marry a Kayin. Maybe women are not included in prohibitions that affect only a subset of Klal Yisrael. Kamash Malan. Okay, fine. Fine. Um, just to continue in this discussion, again, we're discussing. It's got a lot of stuff in it. Today's daf is not the easiest daf in the world, but we'll, we'll do our best. Um, the the sugi that we're dealing with is a cholol allowed to marry a baskayim. Right? Is a cholol allowed to marry a baskayim? So, I brought the uh, I brought the third volume. Then. So, just started. Peheim and Aleph. Where are you? and Aleph, Rav Papa. It's about eight lines in. So, Rav Yudha Marav said yesterday's daf that a cholol is allowed to marry a baskayin. Meaning, a cholol is allowed to marry all people, including a baskayin. There's no prohibition of a cholol marrying a baskayin. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit. The Gemara says, Rav Papa, Rav Huna, Rav Yeshua, They went to the city, which is the town of Idibaravin. Baominayu, and they uh, they were asked, They were asked this question. So, I'm sorry, they asked in the base medrash. They asked, "Are uh, is a cholol allowed to marry a baskain?" That's the shaila. Is a cholol allowed to marry a baskain? Again, cholol to a kain for sure not. What about a cholol to a baskain? So Amalu Rav Papa, so Rav Papa said, I have a raya that it's a problem. Not like what we've been saying till now. I have a raya that it's a problem. Why? Tanisua is a famous Braisa in Kedushin. The Mishnah and Braisa in Kedushin list all the categories of Klal Yisrael and who's allowed to marry with whom. Asara Yuchsin Olabava, there were ten categories that entered Eretz Yisrael after the second, to rebuild the second base of Mikdash. You have Kehan, Levim, Yisraelim, Chalolim, Gerim, Charurim, uh, Mamzerim, Nesinim, Shtuki, and Asufi. Again, mo- mostly familiar with, it's not really important to go through all the categories, but those are the ten categories of Klal Yisrael. Who's allowed to marry into each other? Kehan and Levim Yisraelim, Mutarim Lovizabazah. Kehan and Levim Yisraelim can marry each other. That's one category. Geire, Charuri, Umamziri, Nesini, Shtuki, Asufi, Mutarim Lovizabazah. And the, I'm sorry, um, Yisrael, I'm sorry, Levim, Yisraelim, Chalolim, Gerim, Charurim, Mutarim, Lavi, Zebazeh, because a, a Ger can't marry a Kayan, so that you have to, there's a new category of everyone except for Kehanim. And then the last one is, Charurim? Uh, Charurim were, um, Geri, Charurim, I believe, were, were um, um, a people that joined, that were, uh, it's a question about their legitimacy, I'm just going to confirm. Hold on. Um... Uh, Canaanite, freed Canaanite slaves. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a ger. 
it's basically a, just a different type of convert. At the end of the day, he's a convert. It's just that instead of straight conversion, he went through conversion through the process of being a non-Jewish slave, then being freed. But it's it's a, it's a it's a ger. Charurim are just gerim. So point is, so you have so the last category is mamzer Fine. Now here's the Gemara's point. When it lists all the people that can marry each other, it never says that a chalal is allowed to marry a baskayim. Never says that. It just says chalalim and kahuna are separate. Well, why? If a, chal, if a chalal is allowed to marry a baskayim, it should be in this list. That's basically his right. His right is you want to know if a chalal can marry a baskayim. Well, when the Mishnah lists who can marry each other, it doesn't say that. So why not? It must be they're not allowed to marry each other. That's the Gemara's proof. The Gemara says... It doesn't say that a baskayin is allowed to marry a chalal. And the fact that it's omitted obviously tells you that it's not allowed. That's the Gemara's proof. The Gemara rejects it. The Gemara says, no, it could be a chalal is allowed to marry a baskayin, so why is it not listed in the Mishnah? I'll tell you why. This Mishnah is looking for relationships that go both ways. Meaning, what did the Mishnah say? Who can marry each other? Uh, Levi and Yisrael. Why? Because a Levi can marry a Bas Yisrael. Abbas Levi Kimari Yisrael. It's a two-way street. The shaila of whether a chalol can marry a bas kayan is a one-way street. Everyone agrees a chalola cannot marry a kayan. One way of the street is for sure forbidden. The question is, is the other way allowed? So you're like, oh, it's not listed in the Mishnah. Because the Mishnah is listing people that you can go in both directions. Right? When it says a Kayan can marry a Levi, it's because a Bas Kayan can marry a Levi and a Bas Levi can marry a Kayan. Male and female can go back and forth. It's looking for relationships that the males can marry the females and the females can marry the males in both directions. Therefore, the fact that a Baskayan, it doesn't say that a Baskayan can marry a Chol is not a proof either way because the Mishnah is looking for relationships that work both directions. This would not work in both directions. Even if a Baskayan can marry a Chol, a Chololah cannot marry a Kayan. So it wouldn't be listed in the Mishnah anyway because it doesn't work in both directions. Are you saying that whatever is listed is allowed in both directions? Yeah. So can we infer that whatever is not listed is usher because at least one direction is not allowed? True. Everyone agrees that this is usher in one direction. Right? A chalala can't marry a kayan. That's from the Torah. That's one direction for sure, usher. The question is, can a bas kayan marry a chalal? Can a bas kayan marry a kayan who's disqualified? It, that's not going to be in the mission anyway. I'm sorry? Why wouldn't it be in the Mishnah anyway? Because the Mishnah is looking for relationships that are permitted in both directions. This relationship is definitely not permitted in both directions. The question is, is it permitted in one direction? One direction is not going to be in the Mishnah anyway. Therefore, there's no proof. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So the Gemara continues like this. Okay, therefore, it's no proof. Um... Also, come to Ravidi Baravin. At the end of the day, so after this discussion, they went to Ravidi Baravin. Armelu Dardaki, he says, young, uh, young teachers, we have a tradition that a Baskayan can marry a Chalal, so it's Mutter. So you don't have to, you don't have to try to analyze anymore. We have a tradition that it's Mutter. Okay, fine. Here's the Shiloh. The Shiloh is like this. Um. We said, and this is what we're going to be dealing with basically till the end of the daf, is that if a shnia, which is a rabbinic erva, marries, if shnias marry each other, right? I don't know, man marries his grandmother. Whatever, you pick a, pick a rabbinic erva, your great uncle, a great aunt, whatever, whatever, you know, you figure out whatever that shnia is. We said in the Mishnah that if you marry a shnia, she loses her ksuba. She doesn't get a ksuba. 
she forfeits the dowry. Nechzei Tzembazi, you don't have to pay back. Nechzei Malugi, you don't have to pay back. She forfeits her ksuba, which we'll see in the Gemara why. Why she forfeits her ksuba. But the marriage still doesn't Yeah, because it's, it's just a lav. It's, it's not even a lav, it's derabana. It's definitely a, a marriage, but she forfeits her ksuba. The question is like this. What if you have someone who's a shnia to the husband, but not a shnia to the yavam? Yeah? So she's allowed to do yibam. Yeah? Because she's... Her, her rabbinic erva is only to her husband, not to the yavam, not to the brother, because they're, uh, they have different mothers, so the erva doesn't apply, whatever the case is. So she has no ksuba from her first husband, right? Because it was a shnia relationship. She does yibam. Does she get a ksuba from the second Yeah, from the Yivam. Does she get a ksuba from the second, from the Yavam? The Yavam in general will only, generally not. Yavam usually does not give a ksuba. It's usually the ksuba comes from the first estate, the estate of the first husband, unless the first husband doesn't have any money, in which case Chazal instituted that the Yavam does have to give her a ksuba. The question is over here, do we say, well, the first husband didn't have to do aksuba, so he's just an extension of that, or do we say, no, just like in any case where the first husband doesn't have money, the second husband has to do it, over here, the first husband, it's regardless of his income, he, he didn't have to do aksuba, so the second one would. That, that's the Gemara's kasha, you understand? That's the Gemara's kasha. The husband, the first husband was a shnia, so he didn't have to give aksuba, but the second husband, the yavan, was not a shnia. So do we say that he has to give her aksuba or not? Is it an extension of the first, in which case the first didn't, so he doesn't have to either? Or do we say, well, in, in general, if the first doesn't have money, the second does have to give over here, so he should also have to give, or, or perhaps not. You know, that, that, that's the Gemara Shaila. So the Gemara says like this. They asked Rosheshes the Valenkash. Why perhaps not? Why perhaps not? Because it could be that Chazal only instituted that the, that the second one has to give Aksuba if the first one couldn't afford it, but he had to give. Meaning you could still fundamentally look at it as the second, the Yavam's Ksuva is always an extension of the first. It's just, if the first didn't have money, so Chazal said, fine, so you have to, basically you have to pay his tab. But over here, it's not a matter, Chazal did not require the first one to have a Ksuva. That, that's the Gemara's Kasha. Or do we say, no, that the Yavam has to give. That, that, that's the Gemara's Shad. So the Gemara says like this, do we say that the ksuba is generally affected by the first husband and the first husband didn't have to give a ksuba? Or do we say, well, if the first one couldn't afford a ksuba, the second the yavam would have to cover it, so to the yavam should have to cover it in this case. Shniyas are rabbinic ervas. That's what Shniya means. It's a Shniya, it's a rabbinic erva. Divrisel from his Chazal. So it's a rabbinic erva. So that's the Gemara's Kasha. So the Gemara says, <coughs> the answer is the Brisa teaches you, the answer is the Ksuva is dictated by the first, first husband. And therefore, if the first one is a Shniya, uh, the Yavim does not have to pay the Ksuba because the Yavim is continuing the first marriage. That's the Psaq. Now, the Gemara just says, as an aside, um, th- this Brisa makes no reference of the fact that if the first husband can't afford it, the second one does have to. Mechlal, the Ika, the Islam, Yavim, when is the situation the Yavim does have to pay Ksuba? So the Gemara says, This is what we meant to say. The Ksuba is usually dictated by the first estate. 
Now, if the first husband does not can't afford the ksuba, he has no money, he's broke, then Then they instituted the Yavim has to pay the bill. But But if the first husband is a rabbinic erva, so he doesn't have to pay the ksuba, so then she doesn't have to pay the ksuba. The second one doesn't have to pay the ksuba either. Okay. Fine. I, I don't know. That's so like why, this why, is not a machlekes. That's what I'm saying. So why? What do you mean? What? No, it just it was how it was taught. They taught it over a certain way. They realized that it was flawed, so they have to they had to amend the text. Um, okay, one more shaila, and then we'll get into the the real sugya that we're going to deal with for till the end of the daf. One more shaila is like this. Shaila is. Okay, rabbinic ervas, ashnia, the husband doesn't have to pay the ksuba. He doesn't have to pay mezainus. He doesn't have to support her financially. Again, it makes sense. Chazal are not interested in this marriage and taking place. Why should the husband have to support her? A deraisa relationship, an amana to a kayengado, he has to pay the ksuba, which is counterintuitive, which we'll figure out why. Chazal never um, deducted the ksuba from her on a biblical prohibition. Fine. The Gemara's kasha is, it's that we know. She gets a ksuba, she doesn't get a ksuba. The only thing we don't know is, does in Almana to a kain gadol, does he have to pay her, uh, does he have to support her financially? Mizainus, does he have to pay for her food? Pay, pay off her loans? That's the one thing we don't know. We def, she, he definitely has to give her a ksuba when the marriage ends. But the question is, does he have to support her financially? That's the Gemara's kasha. And by the way, the reason, you, you could look at it one of two ways. You could look at it, the Mizainus... The obligation of Mizainus is extended from the ksuba, and therefore if he has to pay the ksuba, he has to pay her for her food. Or on the contrary, you could look at the opposite. You could say the whole purpose of a ksuba is to end the marriage. So it, it, it's, um, it's a penalty, and, and therefore it makes sense because it's ending the marriage. But Mizainus, which is to support her financially, is sustaining the marriage. We don't want this marriage to take place. This is still a biblical prohibition. So that, that's a gemarish kashim. Is there a chi of Mizainus? When the relationship is an iser de oraisa, that's the Gemara's kasha from here until the end of this page. Does he have to support her financially or not? Does he have to pay for food, but pay off her loans? So Gemara said, "Well, hechi dami ilay mediasa tutei ba'amr v'haitzikai mizaynis islo." One second. If she, if they, they're sitting together, you know, going out to to restaurants. You want to know if he has to pay for food. We want the marriage to end. Why would we want... Why, why would we make this comfortable for them? You should make it that he doesn't have to pay for her food, and therefore she's very upset, and she caused fights, and then they get divorced. Why would we want to make this pleasant for them? We want this marriage to end. That doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara says, okay, you're right. The case is where he, he's traveling. Meaning, he can't divorce her right now anyway. So now the question is, let's say he, he, he went to the army. I, I don't know. He's not around. So now the question is, there's no purpose of penalizing her by having him not you know, pay off the debts. Now the question is, do we say that, she ha- that, that, that he has to pay or not? Now, if he's around, we want to make it uncomfortable because we want to put this, the heat under his feet. We want him to divorce her. He's not around anyway. So the question is now, does he have to? Is there a chiv 
So she's borrowing money and she's eating. My, so does he have to pay off the debt? Do we say the chi of mezaynus is an extension of the obligation of ksuva? Therefore, because he has to pay her ksuva, he has to pay off her uh, food, uh, food, uh, food bills. No, the ksuba is ending the marriage. And therefore, it makes more sense that you have to just pay and go. But this will sustain the marriage. And therefore, Chazal did not want that. So that's Gomorrah's kasha. Amalei Lasley, the Psaki is, he does not have to pay. We do not, not want anything that will um, sustain this marriage. I Vatani Yeshla, but wait, isn't that everybody says, says that, that he has to pay Mazinus? The answer is um, The only time he has to pay her Mazinus is if, if, if he dies. Meaning, if he dies before she remarries, she can go into the estate of the uh, inheritors and take the money. Because the, the, she, he's dead anyway, therefore there's no, there's, no, um, there's no penalty, there's no purpose of penalizing. Uh, some have a different version. Istamri Amrle Tanya Yeshla. This version is that he said that he has to pay Mazinus. I Hamavaitzikai. They said, "What do you? It doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to pay the Mazinus if you want the marriage to end?" Rather, it must be there is no Mazinus, and the only time you have to pay Mazinus is if the husband dies. Okay, fine. Now, one quick brisa that summarizes the psak, and then we'll get into understanding the crux of the issue. Um, the Bryce says, Turn around, you have a biblical prohibition. He has to pay the Ksuba. He has to pay the Ksuba. He has to pay the Ksuba. Worn out clothing. He has all the financial obligations of any husband. She becomes puzzled because it's a lab. She becomes a Chalala. And Vlad Apostle, and the child is Pasle Kahuna, because it's a child of a biblical prohibition. Okay. And we force them to get divorced. But you have to pay the Ksuba. Shniyais Medivre Saifrim, Rabbinic Ervas, Ein Laksuva, Lai Peris, Lai Mazainis, Vlai Bilais, Viksher Vlada Kasher, Vikaifanais Laitsi. She's Kasher, the child's Kasher Kahuna, because it's just Rabbinic, but she forfeits the Ksuba. So here's the Shiloh from here until the end of the daf, and that is, what is the rationale behind that? Chazal made it that if you marry a Shnia, you forfeit the Ksuba. She loses at her Ksuba. But if you marry a biblical prohibition, she gets a Ksuba. That's counterintuitive. Why would that be? One is way stricter than the other. So why would, why would she forfeit her Ksuba on a rabbinic prohibition and not a biblical prohibition? What's, what's going on? So we're going to go through this slowly, not so slowly because it's 8.16 already. We'll go through this, whatever, and we'll just try to figure out, there's one approach, there's a machleikas, and then we're going to change our understanding of the approaches. Okay. Amr of Shimon Elazar. Amr of Shimon Elazar. Go to the next page. Kansu wa yishak suba. Amr of Shimon Elazar. Amr of Shimon from Eid Lang suba. Okay, so I'll tell you how Rashi understands the Shimon Lazar. Shimon Lazar says like this, this is the rationale. We need friction in these marriages. Usually, when you want Shalom bias, you don't want friction. We want friction, because these marriages are no good. We want friction. In the case of an Ammanatu Akaingadol, they're both becoming puzzle. He's becoming puzzle when he marries her. He's becoming a Chalala as long as he's married to her. She becomes a Chalala. 
There's so much dysfunction already because they're becoming prohibited. We don't need to forfeit the ksuba. The friction is already there. It's not necessary. It's not necessary, no, because the, the ksuba is to protect her. And there's no reason to forfeit. There's no reason to penalize her because they're already going to be fighting over the fact that he no longer could eat truma, the children are halalim, they're not going to be allowed into regular yeshivas. Like, it, it, there's already enough friction. But in the case of Ishnia, where everyone is kosher, there is zero disqualification. We got we to gotta dis- gotta do something. She loses her ksuba. That's going to make her upset. She's going to start fighting with him and hopefully end the marriage. Okay. That's Rav Shemir take. So the reason why we forfeit the Shniya is because we want a little friction. We're going to change this perspective in about a minute. Okay. Rebbe has a different take. Rebbe has Rebbe just says a Yisoy which is throughout Shas, which is we don't penalize on Dereises. Everyone's afraid of Dereises. You don't need to penalize Dereises. Drabonon needs chizik. Okay. So right now, that's the machlegas. Slight change in our understanding, though. Dabra Acher, another pshat. Now, who said this other pshat? We're going to have a machlegas. Who said this? So far, we have a Shimon Lazar who says that the rationale is we need friction. By a shniya, we don't need friction by deraisa. And Rebbe just says there's nothing to do with friction. It's just like... Deraises are scary as it is. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to scare people. They're abundance. You need a little chizik. Dabrach are another pshat. And that is, ze margila vzehi margila soy. Another pshat is, who wanted this marriage to take place? So, okay, so what this means is, Chazal understand that women want to get married, which is true. Women want to get married more than men, which is generally true. But, they will not want to get married if someone's going to be puzzle. So, in the case where no one is puzzle, a shnia, we assume that she is the driving force of this marriage. Therefore, she loses her ksuba. But in the case where the people are becoming puzzle, we assume women do not want to get involved if someone's becoming puzzle, and therefore, he is pushing the marriage. Therefore, he has to pay the ksuba. So now, this is a new understanding. It has nothing to do with deraisa derabana. It has nothing to do with friction. It has to do with who's motivating this marriage. Chazal felt... That when there's no prohibition, the woman will motivate. When there is a prohibition, the man will motivate. When I say prohibition, I mean disqualification. When someone's disqualified, like kahuna, truma, the man is going to motivate. The women don't want to get involved in such a relationship. If there's no disqualification, just rabbinic problems, the women are like, yeah, I'm, I'm, fine, I'm fine with that. She loses her ksuba. So now the rationale is not the rice and it's not adding friction. It's who is the motivating factor in this marriage? If he's the motivating factor, he has to pay the ksuba. Punish him. If she's the motivating factor, she loses her ksuba. Punish her. Chazal understood that if there is a disqualification, he's the motivating factor. If there's no disqualification, she's the motivating factor. Chazal felt that women would want to get married very badly, but not if it means involving with disqualification. You're dealing with the kids being possible. Women don't want to disqualify the kids. Men don't care as much. And therefore the assumption is the man is pushing. Okay, now, now who offered this? Again, we start with the Shimon Lazar who said that it's a matter of adding friction. Rebbe, it's Deraisa Derabana. Now we have this third one. Who said the third one? Like, this third one is like a new concept. Who, who authored that? So the Gemara says, Man uh, who authored this Dabaracher? So, Ikad Amri, Shimon Lazar, Ketanila. Umatam, Matam Amru, who possible, he psula, Kansoi Siksum, Neshu Margila. Umatam, who kosher, Viksher, Kansoi Siksum, Neshi Margila. Some say Shimon Lazar said that, meaning that when Shimon Lazar said, um, his shita, 
and we said before, Rashi explained that what was his shita? Why is it that you penalize her by the shniya but not by the deraisas? Because we need to add a little friction. Deraisa, the friction is already built in, therefore there's no need to penalize exuva. Shniya, you need to add a little friction because there's no, there's no disqualification. According to this, if he authored the davar then that means that change his pshat. His pshat has nothing to do with adding friction. His pshat is what we said just now, which is, who's the motivating factor of the marriage? If he's the one who said, whoever said that davar acher is sort of usurping that concept. So we had two different rationales. He had a machlegis shimonolazah and rebbe. And we understood it nicely, but then we added this davar acher, which is that it's not a matter of deraisa, deravana, and it's not a matter of adding friction. It's a matter of who's, who's motivated, who's instigating the marriage. Whoever authored that, that's their shita. So if Rishim and Allah author that, author that, that's his mahalach. His mahalach is, it doesn't really matter of adding friction, it's more a matter of who's instigating the marriage. If there's a disqualification, it's him, he has to pay the ksuba. If there's no disqualification, it's her, she loses her ksuba. Boom. Some say no, it was actually Rebbe. Some say this disqualification, whoever's instigating it, that rationale of the Dovrach was actually authored by Rebbe. Now why would Rebbe have to author this? I'll tell you why. What was Rebbe Shita? Deraisas gets a ksuba. Derabonans do not get a ksuba. Here's the problem. That's a very nice rule, except there's one problem with the rule. A chalutza. A chalutza is an isa derabonon. If a kayan marries a woman who did chalitza, it's an isa derabonon. And yet, she gets her ksuba. Right? Rebbe's rule was, deraisa gets a ksuba, derabonon doesn't get a ksuba. The problem with Rebbe, and Rebbe realized this, my rule has one issue, and that's a chalutza. So I have to sort of revamp my rule. And therefore the rule is not a matter of deraisa derabonon, it's more who's instigating the marriage. If Rebbe was the one who authored this davracher, it was because what motivated him to sort of tweak his shita was the chalutza part. We'll see it inside. The Gemara says, again, this, this Gemara was... Last night when I did it for the first time, it was a little bit difficult, but you do it a couple times, it starts to, it sort of starts to click. The Gemara continues. Igadamri, um, some say, Rebbe Ketanila. The Rebbe was actually the one who authored this new mahalach of whoever instigated the marriage. Why? What was the problem with his sheet of Deraisa Derabanan? The Chalutza Kakashli, the issue was Chalutza. Right? Because according to him, the rule is that if it's an Issa Derabanan, she doesn't get her Ksuba. The problem is the Chalutza is an Issa Derabanan, and she gets her Ksuba. So it must be that it's not just Deraisa Derabanon, it's also who's instigating the marriage. And as we said, she instigates the marriage when there's no disqualification. Chalutza, there's a disqualification. Therefore, the reason why she gets her ksuba is because although it's Derabanon, she's not instigating this marriage. He is. Because as we said, the rule is, women will not instigate the marriage when there's a disqualification. And Chalutza, while it's Derabanon, there is a disqualification. Therefore, she's not instigating, he is, he has to pay the ksuba. The Gemara says, Okay, now, my Ikka bin Rabbi Lirishim and Elazar. Okay, so, from here until the end of the Mishnah, the, to the Mishnah, this is what's happening here. Okay, it's tricky, I know. We're trying to figure out what's the rule. When does she get the Ksuba? When does she not get the Ksuba? So, Rebbe says, Daraisa. Gets a ksuba, derabanan doesn't get a ksuba, except for chalutza, but just in general. Deraisa, derabanan. Shimon Lazar says, it's not a matter of deraisa, derabanan, it's a matter of disqualification, meaning who's instigating the marriage. If there's a disqualification, 
she gets the ksuba. No disqualification does not get the ksuba. So that's the rule. So if you had like a, I have like a board over there, but if I had it, it would be, according to Shemalazar, it's a matter of disqualification, who's instigating the marriage. Rebbe, it's Dairaisa Daravonon. The question is, is there any scenario where there's a difference between these two views? And according to Rebbe, if it's Daraisa, she gets the ksuba. According, if it's Daravonon, she does not. According to Shimon Lazar, it's if there's a disqualification, she gets a ksuba. If there's no disqualification, she does not. Is there ever a scenario where there's like, for one, for one, it, it, oh, for, for him, he gets a ksuba, for him, not. Meaning, is there any nafkamina between, in the Venn diagram of these two sheets, is there any area that, uh, that sort of overlaps and doesn't overlap? That, that's the Gemara's kasha. We're looking for, what are we looking for? We're looking for dairaisas that have no disqualification. Right, because according to Rebbe, a deraisa she gets the ksuba, no disqualification. According to Shabbos, it does not get the ksuba. So we're looking for deraisas without disqualifications. That's like basically if you were doing this search, because again, we're trying to. When does Rebbe hold she gets the ksuba, deraisa? When does the Shimon say she gets the ksuba when there's a disqualification? So we're looking for a deraisa. Without a disqualification, that would be a difference between these two views. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. A deraisa, that way, according to Rebbe, she gets the ksuba without disqualification. She does not get the ksuba because she instigated the marriage because there's no disqualification. So we're looking for deraisas without disqualification. And as you're going to see from here into the Mishnah, we're not going to be able, we're going to have a very hard time finding it. Again, we're looking for isurim deraisas where there's no disqualification. Because that would be a difference between these two views. So the Gemara says, Let's go through option number one. Amrav Chiz, the Mamzeres, and Nasina. L'Yisrael. Ikebein Ayu. Mandam deraisa, nami deraisa, mandam nishi margila, hoi margila le. Okay. A Mamzeres. Okay, Mamzeres is an Issa deraisa, but there's no disqualification. Um, you're like, huh? Um, there's definitely disqualification. The kid becomes a Mamzer. So if you remember a couple dafim ago, we had the sheet of Revelezer that he said there's a way to fix Mamzeris. Right. That you could have the way to fix it is you have the boy Mamzer marry a non-Jewish slave who's that's allowed. Then they have a child who's a slave because it goes by the mom. Then you free him and they're a convert and they're good. So we look at Mamzeris as not a real disqualification because it's temporary because it's fixable. There's a way out. So that's an example of an Isidar Isa without a disqualification. Perfect. So if it's an Issa Deraisa, according to Rebbe, she gets the Ksuba, but because there's no disqualification, she realizes that she does not get the Ksuba. That's the, the problem is, what if you don't hold like that Shita? That Shita is like an out there Shita that there's a way to fix Mamzeris. Like that's a, a lone Shita. What if you don't hold that way? What if you hold that as long as one of the parents is a Mamzer, the kid's a Mamzer and there's no way to fix it, right? That, that whole concept, they're like, oh, Mamzeris is fixable. Why? Well, if you hold that Mamzeris only goes by the dad, and then if a Mamzer marries a non-Jewish slave, which he's allowed to, and they have a child, and it goes by the mom, so the kid's not a Mamzera, she's a non-Jewish slave, and then you free her and you convert. Well, what if you don't hold like that? <laughs> what if you hold that as long as one parent's a Mamzer, the kid's a Mamzer? Which is what many Tanayim hold. So there is a disqualification, so it's not what we're looking for. Again, we're looking for Doraisa without disqualification. So the Gemara says... But if you hold like Rav Eliezer, which is not like Rav Lazar, which is Rav Eliezer, which is that the child 
it's not fixable. If it's not fixable, then then there is a disqualification. So we're still looking for deraisa without disqualification. Marisa, okay, all right, fine. I'm Rabbi Yezid Machsa Mishanisis. What if you marry your divorcee in sin, right? She married someone, you, you divorced her, she married someone else, and she got divorced, and you remarry her. That's an Issa Doraisa. Does she get a Ksuba? So it's an Issa Doraisa, but there's no disqualification. What's the disqualification from that? Nothing. So that's an example of an Issa Doraisa without disqualification. If you hold like Rebbe, then Issa Doraisa, she'll get the Ksuba, no disqualification. She'll, she doesn't get the Ksuba. Oh, that's the case. The problem is. According to Rav Akiva, every chayve lavin is a mamzer. So there's a disqualification. So no good. We're still back to the drawing board, which is we're looking for isurim deraisa without disqualification. All right, fine. Okay. What if a kain gadol marries a baula? Not a not not a not a widow. She's a girl who's not a basula. She's not a basula, so she's a baula. Someone at the back door. It opened. How'd that happen? Well, that's strange. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it doesn't really close well. That's why we don't like people to use it. it it doesn't close anymore. Anyway, so we're back to the drawing board, which is we're looking for Isurim de Rice with no disqualification. Where I said, okay, what if a Kohen Gadol marries a non Basula? A girl, in, I don't know, in college, she had a girlfriend, a boyfriend, and then they, they lived together. What's that? It's not a lav, that's a bitolase. Right? There's a mitzvah say for him to marry a Basula. If he marries a non Basula, it's a bitolase. He's losing out on a positive commitment. There's no disqualification, but that's Daraisa. So that's Daraisa without disqualification. There's one problem. holds that you become a cholol from a bital asay. He's the only one who holds away. I mean, Pasha's, how do you make a cholol? It's when a koyin marries a woman that there's a lav doraisa, a losase. If a koyin gadol marries a non basula, it's not a lav. So most opinions would say it's not a cholol. Rav Elazar Yaakov holds that it is a chal, so there is a disqualification. Back to the drawing board. We're looking for derises without disqualification. Okay, what if a man lives with his wife when she's a sota before she drinks? Right? She secludes with a man. We don't know what she is. So she's not an ashes ish. She didn't commit adultery. We don't, don't know what the situation is. They're on their way to drink the water. Till they drink, there's a lav de oraisa for them. They can't, they can't be together because it says toma, 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 right? That she's also to the baal, also to the boil, also for truma. So they're not allowed to be together. But there's no disqualification. It's not like if he lives with her, well, it's his wife. <laughs> you know, so, so there's no disqualification. Oh, so the Gemara says, um, Ramasim and Cheresh holds that if you live with your wife in that situation, she becomes a zaina. And she's possible kahuna forever. So there's a disqualification. Okay, so the Gemara says, you're right. You know the difference is? The case is, you, you're, 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 you're with your wife, not when she's a saita, when she's committed adultery. She vada committed adultery. That's the case. So the question is, does she get a ksuba if you marry a woman who was your wife who committed adultery? 
you remarried. I guess you remarried, yeah. Or you stayed with her, whatever. Stayed with her in sin. Is there a ksuba? Let's say you remarry her. You remarry your wife. She committed adultery. So she, she forfeits a ksuba. Then you remarry her. It's an Issa der Isa. Yeah, it's an, it's an Issa der Isa. She, 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 she's Chayv Misa, but there's no death penalty nowadays. So it's Issa der Isa. She's already Pasla Kahuna before you married her. She's Pasla Kahuna from the adultery. Yeah, I guess, whatever. So the point is, so, 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 so she's already puzzled. It's an Issa der Isa, but there's no disqualification from this relationship. Does she get exuba? Will be machlekes Rebbe and Rishim Lozer. Okay, what I like to do is for mamish for one minute. Can I just read the mission? It's very very simple. Um, actually, you know what? Maybe we'll stop here. We'll pick up the. We'll do the mission tomorrow because it's it's an easy mission and it'll continue into the next uh, daf.